0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We're in the middle of a series that we're calling Choices. And so this is our third week and our final week of this series. And so I'll catch you up in, in just a minute on kind of where we've been. And where we're going today. But I get asked the question all the time, and, I'm, and is, I'm sure you do too, and I'm sure you ask this question all the time as well. How's life? Right? Is that something that I just say, or is this something that's part of your vernacular as well? Like you walk in and like, hey, how's life? What's new? What's going on? Am I the only I'm getting blank stares. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, or do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Um, do did, did you guys say this? Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. Guys, all right, for those of you who don't call Central your home, it's a little bit interactive here, okay? Uh, blank stares, not going to fly with me, okay? Um, this is something that kind of happens all the time. And more often than not, I would say probably 90 to 99% of the time, the response to that question, how's life, is the same. Busy, right? Most of the time when I say, hey, how's life? They're like, oh, man, it's busy. Or, oh, man, work's crazy. Or, oh, you know, the family, it's nuts, it's wild, whatever. But rarely is the answer when I say, hey, how's life? oh, dude, it's so easy. Like, I'm just so relaxed. Um, You know, I went and got a manicure and a pedicure. I've never done it, but I did it because I had nothing else to do, right? That's never the response when I ask that question, how's life, what's going on? Because there's grass to cut, right? There's babies to feed. There's diapers to change. There's dishes to do. There is work responsibilities. There's all these different things. And so we say, how's life? Life is busy, man. Life is crazy. Life is popping off. It's doing all these different things, and so this is a consistent conversation in my life, and it's probably a consistent conversation in your lives as well. But typically what follows up in that conversation, where we go next, is we start talking about how life is crazy, how life is busy, how life is absolutely bananas at times, and then I have a very, very hard time with this next statement, because this next statement usually comes up in this conversation. And when this statement comes up, um, my blood kind of boils a little bit. I'm just like, mmm, Really? Really, that's what you're going to say. And, and, and Now listen, if you've said this to me in the recent past, I'm not talking directly to you. I'm just saying, because a lot of people say this, and I, I've even said this at times, but it's this phrase that says, I wish I had more time to do this, or I wish I had more time to do that, right? Uh, this has come out of our mouths, it's come out of my mouth quite often, but when I hear it, I'm just like, I, I get a little frustrated with it. I'm like, ugh, Really? Really? Like people say, I wish I had more time to pursue my dreams. I really wish I had more time to pursue this or to pursue that. I wish I had more time to, you know, coach my kids' sports teams. Like I see that and I think that's cool. I just wish I had the time to do that. Or I wish I had time to volunteer. Or I wish I had time to give. Or I wish I had time to rest. I wish I had time to play catch with my boys. I wish I had time to have a tea party with my girls. I wish I had time for this stuff. But let me just give a little quick News flash at the very beginning of all of this stuff. There are only 24 hours in my day. There are only 24 hours in your day. There are only 24 hours in everyone's day. Everyone has the same amount of time. Everybody. Everyone has the exact same amount of hours in every single day. We all have the same amount of time, but here's the deal. We all have time... For what we choose to have time for. We all have time for what we choose to have time for. Well, Sam, that's not true. I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. Always. You always have a choice with your time. Always. And so we, 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 we have these things. And so we've been talking about choices for the past couple of weeks. And we kind of laid the foundation at the beginning of our series where we said, we are the sum total of our choices, Who I am as Sam Anderson, father of four, pastor of Central Church, I am the sum total of my choices. The choices that I have made my entire life have led me to who I am and where I am right now. And the same is true for you. All the choices that you've made have crafted who you are. They've crafted for what you do for a living. They've crafted who you're married to or who you're not married to. (laughs) Stop playing video games in your parents' basement. Um, They've, they've crafted all the things about you. All of your choices have crafted who you are. And so in week one, we talked about choosing purpose over popularity. We said that we need to identify the purpose and the calling that God has given us and not be distracted by comparison. And we need to focus on the purpose that God has given us and, and, and choose that over the popular choice or what everyone else wants us to do or what culture is telling us to do and all these different things. Last week, we said we looked at the choice between surrender and control. And we said that so often we try to control things that we were never meant to control, and so anxiety takes over and it chokes the life right out of us. And we said that we are called in so many areas to choose surrender over control, but then we also said surrender does not equivocate relinquishing our responsibilities, because everyone has responsibilities, and so we're not saying, oh, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, that's not what we're saying, but we're saying when the, when the option is given to choose surrender or choose control, that we should choose surrender, it's the better choice for our lives, and so if you want to get caught up on those, they're on the podcast, on our website, and you can kind of um, get caught up to speed, but this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to be focusing on the choice between urgent and important, choosing important over urgent, Because there's a distinctive difference. And our time has a lot to do with that. Our time has a lot to do with us choosing what's important over what's urgent. And and, and there is a distinct difference because many of us face this choice daily with our time. We face this choice with our money. We face this choice with our energy, with our priorities, with our perspective. We have the opportunity to choose either the important thing or the urgent thing. And I think the problem is, if I'm using myself as a litmus test, is most, more often than not, we choose what's urgent over what's important. Whatever's screaming the loudest and right in our face, that's the thing we're going to deal with first, and then everything else can just figure itself out. But often when we do that, the urgent things get all of our priority, and the important things fall by the right wayside. And so this morning, I kind of want to look at that and say, how can we consistently choose what's important over what's urgent on a more consistent basis, because our, our, our default is typically the urgent trumps important, and so I don't want that to be the case for us. So let me pray, and then we're going to look at a story in God's Word and allow it to speak truth to us, and then we're going to all go and have our baby dedication lunches today, and it's going to be awesome, okay? So let me pray, and then we'll jump into God's Word. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the awesome time that we get to spend just singing praise and adoration to you, responding to how huge and magnificent and mighty and awesome you are in our lives. God, I thank you for these families that stood up front and that said, you know what, we're putting our flag in the sand. We're saying that we are dedicating these children to God, that we're going to raise them to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And I thank you for the support from the families that are here this morning. I thank you for the support of this faith community. God, I pray this morning that as we open your word, I pray that you would open our minds and that you would soften our hearts, that you would make us fertile soil, to receive what you have for us today. God, I pray that you would remove me from the equation, but use me as an effective mouthpiece for your truth. God, I pray that as we draw near to you in these moments, that you would draw near to us, and we would experience you, and that life change would be the result. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So we're going to look at a story. There's Jesus and his disciples. They're traveling, and so they come to this woman's home, and so this woman and her sister respond in two very different ways to Jesus coming over to their house. And so this story is found in Luke chapter 10. So starting in verse 38 and 39, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. He had a, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Jesus and his people, uh, his little entourage, are traveling And they come to this woman's home, this woman named Martha, and she has a sister named Mary. And so Martha has Jesus coming to her house. Guys, that's a big deal, right? So here's the deal. We have these things called house churches here. Um, We have like five or six house churches that meet all over in different communities at different people's homes. I've been hosting a house church at my house for about two years. And um, let me tell you what House Church Wednesday looks like. Our, our group meets Wednesdays at 6.30. Preparations start Wednesday at about 11.30, okay? It is bananas in the Anderson household on House Church Wednesday. Don't call us. Don't, don't look at us. Don't breathe on us. Don't think about us. Don't even pray for us. We're too busy, okay? It's just it's too crazy. I ain't got time for anything you got to offer, okay? Oftentimes, I even call Tina, and I'm like, Tina, can you, call, can you grab Jude from school? I'm too busy cleaning, right? It's just it's bananas on Wednesdays, and we have a countdown It's like we start at 1130, we're like, all right, so we're, I have four kids, my oldest one is seven, and so you can imagine that my house looks like World War III all the time, right, just consistently, I'll clean up a room, and then I'll go clean up another room, and I'll come back, and it looks like worse than it did before, right, many of you who have kids, you can relate and understand, so we're cleaning on Wednesdays, we lock our kids in the closet, and we clean, I'm just kidding, (laughs) but I can't say the thought hasn't crossed my mind, so we're cleaning all day Wednesday, and there's like a countdown, At, like, 1 o'clock, we're like, okay, all right, we got about five hours till people start showing up. We're doing pretty good, you know? We're doing pretty good. And then, like, 2 o'clock, we're like, oh, my gosh, it's coming. 3 o'clock, it's getting closer, right? 4 o'clock, all right, we got to get this place going. 5 o'clock, it's a mad dash. We're hiding stuff under beds, shoving stuff in closets. We're putting, like, empty pizza boxes in the oven, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, we are just mad dash. People are coming whether we want to or not, right? And the reality is there's nothing special about these people that are coming to my house. No offense. But let's be real, they're just our friends, right? They have kids, they understand, they know, right? And I mean, they're, they're great people, it's our little faith community within our bigger faith community, and we have a great time, but the reality is, it's not Jesus, right? <laughs> Jesus is not coming to my house, and I still act that way. Many of you know, when you host uh, holidays at your house and stuff like that, it's like I have a holiday at my house twice a month, it's crazy. It's crazy. But so you know what I'm talking about. So you can put yourself in Martha's position a little bit. She's like, what? Jesus is coming over? The dude that's been like healing people and teaching people, this great rabbi, everybody's following him. He's like building a buzz. He's this really, really big deal. It's like he is coming to my house? And so Martha's head is like spinning. Spinning. Right? She's going bananas. She's making all these preparations, cleaning up, going crazy, stressing out to the max. And guess what her sister Mary's doing? She's straight chilling at the feet of Jesus. Like, right? You see those memes where like the cigarette comes in and the the fedora and the glasses and the gangster music plays? No? I'm the only one going to hell that's going to admit that? I'm the only one that's, okay, fine, fine. Sit there in your judgment. Um. But Mary's just straight chilling, and the gangster glasses come in, and she's just like, yep, that's what's up. And Martha's running around going crazy, and then we pick it up in Luke chapter 10, verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha was what? She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked. So Martha is like getting, her blood's boiling, right? She's already sent all the text messages to Mary. Get your tail up right now. I need some help, right? That's already been done. Mary's not responding. So she comes straight to Jesus. She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has let me do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. She was faithfully pursuing the urgent but missing the important. Do you see that? She's faithfully pursuing the urgent, and she's going crazy over what's urgent and what's in front of her and what has to be done because Jesus is coming to my house, and I got to get this house clean, and the throw pillows. I told you about the throw pillows last week. The throw pillows are everywhere, and Martha's going crazy, and she's chasing the urgent, but she's missing what's truly important. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. And so she comes to Jesus and she's like, dude, what's the deal? But think about it. We look at this and say, how can she respond that way? Jesus is coming to her house. Why would she care about those things when Jesus is there? And we can sit there with our bony finger of judgment, but the reality is we do this all the time. We're distracted from what's important by what's urgent by what's right in front of us, by what's louder than everything else in the moment. Jesus was in her house and she was worried about cleaning. We've hosted our house church, like I said, for about two years. In the early stages of our house church, that was me and my wife, 100%. You would show up and you could eat an egg off of our kitchen floor, but we weren't prepared for spiritual life change and transformation to take place in our conversations. We weren't ready for that. We were ready to host people at our house, but we were incredibly underprepared for what God wanted to do through the conversations, and what God wanted to do through the people that were seeking Jesus together in our super clean home. We had it so backwards, seriously, until we kind of came to a realization when we're sitting down at 5.30 and everyone's going to be there at 6 and saying, okay, well, what are we going to talk about tonight? Whoa, that is so backwards. We're focused on the urgent, and we're missing what's really, truly important. And so Jesus responds to Martha when she comes and tattles on her sister. You think it gets better when you get older, but evidently it doesn't, right? It's, in the, it's biblical. And so Martha comes and tattles on Mary, and Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Probably shaking his head like, you need to chill, right? He's like, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Jesus says basically this. Listen, you both had a choice. You both had a choice when you found out I was coming today. You both had a choice when you found out we were going to be hanging out. Urgent or important? Martha, you chose urgent. You chose to clean. You chose what was loud and in front of you in the here and now. But then his words exactly, Mary has chosen what is better. Mary chose the important over the urgent. And so begin to think and ask yourselves this morning, honestly, what is the most important thing that you've been distracted from doing? What are the really important things that you've been distracted from becoming or from pursuing? Is it time with God? Is that something that's super important, but it's not super urgent? Because right now life seems pretty good, and I don't really need to have, you know, a super serious time with God because there's nothing urgent or pressing that demands my prayer time. Is that something that's super important that's fallen wayside to the urgent? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's spending time with your kids. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe that's really important to you, and it's fallen by the wayside by the things that are urgent. Maybe it's working out and exercising. Maybe it's, you know, their time in the Bible. Maybe it's coming to church altogether. It's something important, but it's not super urgent. And we're choosing what's urgent over what's important consistently while the things that are important die on the vine. Because urgency is controlling all of our time. Urgency is controlling all of our decisions, all of our mental space. It's consuming us. What's urgent over what's important. So I wanna, what I want to do this morning really quick is give three principles, forward three principles that I think can really help us choose the important. To consistently make the right choice of choosing what's important over what's urgent. It's setting up some systems in our life that it becomes easier for us to make the right choice. Right? And so the first one is this, if you're taking notes. Create artificial deadlines create artificial deadlines. If you're consistently trying to choose what's important over what's urgent, create artificial deadlines. Let me tell you what I mean by that. How many of you, um, you know, you work Monday to Friday, how many of you have ever left for vacation on a Wednesday or Thursday of that work week? Anyone? Or do you only leave for vacation on the weekends? Okay, the ones that are raising their hands are telling the truth. The ones that are not raising their hands are probably lying. So you might want to scoot aside, watch for lightning bolts. Um, Just kidding. But you know what I mean? When you leave for vacation on a Wednesday or Thursday, you want to know that some, that's something that's absolutely and totally miraculous? All your work for that week still gets done. Isn't that crazy how that works? If you got to leave for vacation Wednesday or Thursday, you are working your tail off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get that crap done so you could have fun on your vacation. Am I right? Somehow it all gets done. It's because you've created this artificial deadline that you have to meet. And so then when you're on vacation, you can enjoy what's important and you're not clouded by what's urgent. So we do it in those kind of situations. Another example, you know when my talk is due, when I get up here and start talking to you guys, you know when that, my, my final preparations are due? About 11.15 Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday morning. Because that's about what time I get up here and start talking. And so until then, I have until then technically to figure out what I'm going to say. But what I do is I set an artificial deadline every single week that by the end of the workday on Thursday, I try to have my message completely done. Completely done with what I'm gonna talk about so that I can focus on the things that are important first, right? And so it's not this urgency that comes up. So on Friday and Saturday when I'm going to my kids' sports games or I'm hanging out with my kids or we do Saturday morning pancake day, which go ahead and tell, if you have a kid in the kids' ministry, just tell Miss Carmen back there, say, I heard that Pastor Sam's uh, pancakes are like leagues beyond yours, okay? Because we're in this little competition. I make pancakes for my kids every Saturday morning, and they're the best pancakes in the world, okay? In the world, not counting pancake house on Woodward, that's the best, but mine's second best, Okay? Mine is second best. And so when I'm making pancakes with my kids and I'm going to sporting events and I'm doing these things, I'm spending time with my wife going on a date or whatever, I'm not clouded by this urgency that I need to finish my talk. I'm not clouded by this weight of, oh man, I'm not prepared for Sunday. I'm not ready for Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I don't have to neglect what's important and focus on the urgent because I set artificial deadlines in the first place. I set myself up for success to begin with. And so if we can do this, what it's going to do is it's going to reprioritize our time, it's going to shift our perspective, and then you know what? There's going to be less urgent things in your life because you've already prepared on the front end. Does that make sense? And so urgency is not jumping in every time you try to do something important. Oh, sorry, honey. Sorry, kids. i got to take this call. Oh, i got to do this. And we leave them and we're not paying attention, not giving them our full selves because we haven't prepared on the front end. So step one to help aid us in choosing what is important over what is urgent is creating artificial deadlines. And oftentimes I know in the work environment we say, well, I'm just going to stay and work until it's done. Guys, let's have a moment of clarity and honesty here. It's never done, ever, ever. I had to do another artificial deadline. I go home at 5 o'clock every day. Those of you who have been around and seen the transformation of this building and of this church, we started six years ago with 12 people, and the carpet and pews were bright orange. If you want to recap, you can look up in the balcony because it's still that way because we couldn't afford it. Okay? We thought, well, when people start sitting up there, hopefully we'll be able to afford to fix that, so we're not worried about it. There has been so much transformation in this church, guys, and there is still so much transformation that has to take place that I could work here literally all day, every day, all night, every night, and still not get it done. And I had to have that realization to say, listen, I can't let urgent cloud what's important. i got to stop at 5 o'clock. No matter where I'm at in a project, no matter where I'm at in preparations, 5 o'clock, deuces. I'm going to play Legos with my boys. That's the way it is. Because we've set artificial deadlines so that we can focus on what's important and not be clouded by what is urgent. So step one, create artificial deadlines. Step two, be selective with your yeses this is hard. Learn a really powerful two-letter word, N-O, no. That is so hard, so hard, especially in the instant gratification culture that we have. You know, we have our, our phones, which is like an electronic leash at all times, like you can never get away. Be very, very selective with your yeses because, listen, your time is precious. Your time is precious. Don't give it away flippantly, but oh yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever because here's the deal the barrier to a meaningful life is not typically lack of commitment the barrier to a meaningful life is overcommitment. we're saying yes to too many things we're too splintered we're too scattered and then what's urgent jumps up and we say yes, 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 yes and then the things that are important we end up saying no to just by default because it wasn't loud it wasn't screaming in our face. It wasn't the, 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 the closest deadline. It wasn't the most near need at the time. See, I'm very, very selective with what I do with my evenings because I try to be home with my family during the week on the evenings. Now, I'm not the best at this. And listen, please don't get this air that I'm, I'm acing this stuff and you guys all suck because that's not it, okay? Okay. I'm in the trenches with you, okay? This is hard business. This is hard to do, creating these artificial deadlines. There are still Saturday nights that I'm in my office going, oh my gosh, i got to get my talk done. It happens, right? I'm not saying that I'm better than you or that I'm greater than you. I'm a broken person. You're a broken person. I'm following Jesus. You're following Jesus. We're in this together. But these are some things that have helped me and that have helped others that I think could really help all of us and we could all benefit from it. So step one is create artificial deadlines. Step two is be very selective with your yeses. It means you have to say no to some really good things so that you can say yes to the best things. You have to say no to good things so you can say yes to great things. Does that make sense? That's also very, very difficult to do. And then the third step is this. Do first what matters most. Do first what matters most? And this seems kind of like, oh yeah, common sense, Sam. But no, listen, prioritize important over urgent. Intentionally prioritize important over urgent. Because so often we say this, if I have time, I'll play with my kids. If I have time, I'll go on a date. If I have time, I'll work out. If I have time, I'll volunteer. If I have time, I'll be generous. Now, if we're being real and we step back and look at this objectively, playing with our kids is something that's very important. Going on a date with our spouse is something that's very important. Working out and being healthy, that's something that's very important. Volunteering and being generous, these are things that are very important. And no one would look at those objectively and say, those are bad things, I don't want to do that. No, those are very important things, but they fall by the wayside because we don't make them a priority. We don't put them first. We don't schedule them first. Guess what? If your kid has to miss a soccer game so you can put a date night on the calendar, skip the freaking soccer game. Newsflash, they're not going to go pro. Hate to hurt your feelings. (laughs) But chances are they're not. But you know what? You're going to be married to that person your whole life. Investing in that is a little more important. And so when you're scheduling your week, schedule date night first. Do what's important first. And then let urgent cloud up the other stuff. But for if you say you don't have time for a date, guys, come on. I got four kids, we both work jobs, I work two jobs. We go on dates. Why? Because it's important. Incredibly, extremely important. Do what's important first. Do first what matters most. If you need to have spend time with your kids, put it on the stinking calendar. Schedule that junk. Make that first no, sorry, I can't have dinner that night with my boss. I have an appointment. You don't have to tell him that appointment is playing Legos in your two-year-old's room, but if that's important, that needs to be your appointment. You need to make that happen. That stuff is, it's choosing what's important instead of what's urgent because work comes in and it's urgent. When the boss comes in town, it's urgent. When soccer practices and baseball practices and life gets off, those are urgent. School activities, those are urgent. But sometimes we need to step back and say, okay, what's really important? And what I need to do is step one, I need to create artificial deadlines so that I can make sure I'm focusing on what's important. And I need to be selective with my yeses so that I can make sure I'm focusing on what's important. And I need to do first what matters most to make sure that I'm accomplishing what's important. These things will enable us to make the choice to choose important over urgent. And so we're not clouded by urgency and letting the important things die on the vine. And so maybe you're in here this morning. And a majority of your life and your time and your energy is spent <coughs> is spent on the urgent. Maybe the urgent really, really calls the shots for you more often than not. Maybe it's, you know, work, responsibilities. Maybe it's other things, you know, family responsibilities, coaching responsibilities, whatever responsibilities. And things keep coming up and you have deadlines and you have this and you have that. And you feel like you're getting pulled in so many different directions while the things that are truly important are just falling by the wayside. And you know what? It's going to look different to everybody. It's going to look different to all of us. The things that are important to me might not be important to you. And the things that are important to you might not be important to me. And that's okay. That's why I'm not standing up here telling you how you need to live your life and what you need to do. I'm just saying these principles, these questions, these ideas, if we can put them into practice in our lives, it's going to help us for whatever's important in your life It's going to help you to prioritize that. And so if we're able to make artificial deadlines, if we're able to be selective with our yeses, if we're able to do what matters most first, it's really going to put us in the position to consistently choose what's important over what's urgent. Because imagine, imagine for a second what your life would look like. Remember how we said that we are the sum total of our choices? Imagine if our choices started being consistently better. If we're following sound logic here, if our choices continue to get better, that means that we would be continuing to become better people and we would be better at life, right? And so we say this thing around here all the time that following Jesus not only makes your life better, but it makes you better at life. That's the idea if you are consistently making better choices, you are going to be a better person in a better position to go through life better if we are consistently choosing purpose over popularity. If we are consistently choosing surrender over control. If we are consistently choosing what's important over what's urgent. If we are consistently making better choices, we are going to be better people. Our lives are going to be better and we are going to be better at life. So I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to kind of take a few minutes and look inward. Say, God, what are you you trying to say to me here, you know? What is it that's clouding my vision? What is it that's clouding my schedule? What is it that's clouding my finances? What is it that's clouding my time? That urgency is coming in and taking over and choking the life out of what's really, truly important. And where do I need to give a little bit? Where do I need to release some things? and allow you to come in and tell me how to do this better. And so what the band's going to do, they're going to lead us in one more song. And during that time, I wanted to just carve out a little bit of space for us before we go to our little baby dedication lunches and take more pictures for us to kind of do business with God. Say, God, what exactly is it that you have for me? What exactly is it that I need to change? Where do I need to choose purpose over popularity? Where do I need to choose surrender over control? Where do I need to choose what's important Over what's urgent? How do I need to realign my schedule? How do I need to realign my life to make better choices, to become a better person, to be better at life? By following you. How can I choose to be Mary more often than Martha? How can that be me? So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word that speaks truth to us. God, I pray this morning that we would receive what you're giving us today. I pray right now for all the different people in this room who have different things flooding their thoughts and flooding their minds and flooding their hearts. I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to draw near to us as we draw near to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would come in and do work with us this morning. I pray that we would not leave this room the same people that we entered this room. For those of us who need to focus on choosing purpose, over popularity, God, I pray that you would do a work in us today. For those of us who need to choose surrender over control and stop allowing anxiety and comparison to run our lives, God, I pray that you would draw near to us today. God, for those of us, for those of us who need to place a priority on the important and stop allowing the urgency cloud and muddy the water. God, I pray that you would not only give us the wisdom of what we need to do and change, but the strength and the courage to actually do something about it. I pray your Holy Spirit would begin to do work in us even right now. God, we invite you to do work in our hearts and do work in our lives. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name.